strong more than say, hey, not me. The Bible says I am blessed. The Bible says he was made poor that I may become rich. The Bible says I am not weak. The Bible says I am the head and not the tail. Go ahead and reign in life. Go ahead and move mountains. Go ahead and jump. Go ahead and win. Go and make lots of progress in life. Why? It's possible. You are listening to a podcast by Senior Pastor of Life Free Church, Prophet Gomezio Shamani. Quickly, let's just prepare our Bibles, notepads, and pens as we get into the Word. Today, we're going to look at a different whole side of salvation. As in the past few weeks, we explained how <coughs> we explained on the doctrine of salvation. Highlighting on the provider of salvation, highlighting on the works of salvation, and today we're going to look at the recipient of salvation that is you and I. And as we look at the recipient of salvation, we'll touch. Obviously, how one gets to enjoy the benefits of salvation, but also touch on new creation realities. You see, the message of salvation is so powerful, it is so beautiful. In fact, what God provided for us in salvation is so great that it's too good to be true. I now understand why the first four books of the Bible in the New Testament are described as the Gospels, writings of good news. This is because salvation carries this tremendous good news that even if you were to read and try to analyze the depth and the package of salvation, it is possible for somebody to think, "Hmm, this sounds like a fairy tale or perhaps like some beautiful story. But the truth is what God can provide in our life is more than what a fairy tale can script. And today as I share this message with you I pray that your heart be receptive to understand and even get hold of this teaching. When the Lord Jesus Christ died for us, He made mention of one powerful statement on the cross. 
and this is what he said he said it is finished in short he provided every requirement for you and i to walk a higher kind of life that god was going to provide to us In our introduction on the message of salvation we remember we said salvation are the total workings of God for us towards us and in us they are the total workings of God and after we see the Lord Jesus Christ do tremendous things like what I explained last week Our next question really that we should have is how then shall I enjoy salvation How then shall I enjoy salvation If John 3 verse 16 tells me for God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life How then can i enjoy and walk in this eternal life in fact in acts chapter number 16 and verse 30 we see a soldier asking a very important question now before he asked this question he observed that paul and silas were in prison listen the atmosphere of prison just leaves everyone discouraged that's the atmosphere you know certain locations have got atmospheres they do and so this soldier being experienced understanding the atmosphere of a he puts pilas in prison now why did they put in prisons those days to teach not just to teach them lesson but just to ensure that they some never open their mouths again or some never do what they did now Paul and Silas were arrested on account of the gospel it simply means you putting them in prison to stop their agenda to spread the gospel but the bible tells us while these men were in prison the midnight hour began to stir up an atmosphere that will not be found in prisons an atmosphere that can only be drawn from the wells of salvation and the bible says they began to pray no praise team member no instrument no microphone they prayed and they praised and what they did was sufficient for the locks the doors and everything else that kept them bound to bond and when the chains broke when the doors opened and when there was immense atmosphere listen you can tell that the atmosphere was glorious because all the doors opened 
all the chains broke but no prison I wanted to leave no prison I wanted to leave it would have been great they've seen that uh -uh, the doors are open the chains are broken in Jesus name we pray but they remained because there was something amongst them that said this is nice this is beautiful now the person who was outside prison began to envy those who were in prison saying they have something inside of them that even me who is free I don't have and so in Acts chapter 16 and verse 30 the prisoner goes to Apostle Paul and asks a question and he brought them out and said Sirs what must I do to be saved uh -uh. I need an answer what must I do I know what you are, what you are getting or what you are experiencing you drew it from the wells of salvation I want it salvation should be admired and one of the reasons it's not admired is because many believers have not learned how to draw from the wells of salvation hence our expression is totally misrepresenting the work of salvation and no one wants to become a believer yet we have people here a soldier who says ha I want it I want it and the next verse Paul gives a very simple imagine what should be the most admired and the highly most experienced is the easiest access Jesus or Paul says this he says believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved you and your household that's all Kwasila that's all no seed no offering no sacrifice just you and your heart so just believe and you will be saved and the Bible tells us next verse that then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house and eventually everyone was saved they too we are now in a place where they could draw from the wells of salvation now remember when we are talking about salvation I've described it as the total workings of God the reason why I'm explaining salvation as the total workings of God is so that when you are doing your studies 
you will be able to understand certain words that are used synonymously with salvation certain words that are used that describe certain privileges or certain blessings of salvation remember i did teach that it is a total package in it it has everything now one of the most easily identified definitions or understandings that many of us have about salvation is simply being born again and i do acknowledge why people understand it that way it's because of the way some of the writings are now in the bible there are certain words that are used to describe somebody being born again first of all i want you to ask your neighbor do have you received the gift of salvation then ask them another question are you born again what are they saying to both answers Now, you will notice that there are some people or rather there are certain portions in scriptures that will talk about being born again. And when it's talking about being born again, sometimes they would use the words being saved. Sometimes other words that would be used will be new birth. Sometimes other words that would be used will be regeneration. renewal amen and amen i want you to catch this now being born again is part of salvation hello being born again is part of salvation but not the end It's your starting point. Because after you are born again, after you have been made a child of God, that's your starting place. It gives you access to the entire blessing of salvation. The reason why I'm saying this is because when you study your scriptures you will notice something that might confuse you. Can I show you something? Ask your neighbor this, are you saved? What have they said? Ask them, are you being saved? What have they said? ask them will you be saved which which category are you on 
are you saved are you being saved or will you be saved yakosa eh second corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10 so that you don't get confused because if we find certain things in the bible one will say me i'm saved if you find another thing someone says no i'm not yet saved me i'm being saved and again when you find another thing you say me i'll be saved we are all sinners but we will be saved so let's work out this thing the bible says who has delivered us from so a great death and does deliver us in whom we trust he will still deliver us <laughs> good news give me good news <laughs> yeah from such terrible dangers of death he has saved us and will save us and we have placed our hope in him that he will save us again am i saved am i being saved or will i be saved hey <laughs> today i'm not going to genesis let's work it out <laughs> because this already is confusing okay i'll give you three other scriptures today we will read a lot of scriptures ephesians 2 verse 8 go back to nkjv for by grace you what have been saved ah thank you lord wow let's confusing so are we saved okay write that one write i am saved on your new nankan oh first corinthians 1 verse 18 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18 For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved It is the power of God Are you going to rub what you read Okay then write down I am being saved First Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 First Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time eh, Salvation again to be revealed in the last time My goodness. So meaning I will be saved. I thought I'm saved. 
I'm okay. I thought I'm being saved. Then now I'm, I will be saved. Come last. Okay, right. I will be saved. This is why you need to understand the doctrine of salvation thoroughly. Because my first statement was salvation is the total workings of God. So, if you get born again and we say you are saved, it's part of the working. But under salvation. Listen. Ephesians chapter number 2 verse 8 which tells us we have been saved by grace. You need to understand something about us. We are described as a being that is spirit, soul, and what? Body. We are, we are, we are spirit, soul, body, threefold. Now, the moment you gave your life to Jesus and you say, I am saved, what was saved about you? Hello? It's our spirits. How do we know? The Bible says, in those days I will put a new spirit in you. And the heart of stony, I will take it away. So when you first give your life to Jesus, what has happened is, your spirit is renewed. That's why we call that being born again. Hallelujah. So your spirit is renewed. Your spirit is the one that is saved. Now, have you noticed? Once you said that Jesus come into my heart, be my Lord and Savior. After you said that, hello, after you said that, did you forget that Kama song which you used to sing? You know that Kama song. Eh? Some of you still kept it in your phone. Did you forget that Kama song? After you gave your life to Christ, did your marital status change? Did your height change? Did your complexion change? Not even a bit. Eh? Or just a bit. By the glory of the Lord. You will notice that it is your spirit that changed. But there are two components of you. That did not change, but need change. And what's that? Your soul and your body. So if our spirits we are saved, then... By reading Genesis James rather one and verse twenty one, we will understand in the arena where we are being saved. The Bible says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow wickedness and the and overflow of wickedness. And receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. 
So what does the word of God do? It saves your souls. It changes your thinking. That's why in Romans 12 verse 2 we see how the Bible tells us do not be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed. Listen, the first transformation was in your spirit but the next transformation is in the renewing of your mind which is your soul. So it simply means it's not enough for you to just say the salvation prayer yet it is important, yeah. But you need to explore the totality of salvation. And the Bible tells us there are certain streams of salvation that we walk into when we interact with the ministry of the word of God. That's why you will notice that some of you stop certain habits after you listen to certain sermons. But if you don't come and listen to the word of God, you continue. Some of you change your pattern of thinking when you listen to the word of God. Suddenly, ah, you then see from the scriptures that I am blessed. That's a deliverance, transformation. Ah, then when you discover that when you that you are born of God, you inherited the DNA of God. You will know that your roots are not found in the village. My roots are found in God. Then what is happening? You are being saved. Yes. That's why the Bible in uh, in the book of Peter tells us the newborn baby should desire sincere milk, which is the word of God. Why? The baby needs the soul to be changed. After you sit under the ministry of God's word, yes, you can be born again, but once you sit under the ministry of God's word some of those memes you will stop sharing why? we know you are being saved that is why we have an emphasis of come to church if we will call you call you, call you, call you when we stop calling you and you start calling others then we know you are saved your soul is saved. But as long as we call you, hey, you are being saved. And we are patient. Hello, why didn't you come to church? I'll come next Sunday. Ah. The question was, why didn't you come to church? And your answer is, I'll come next Sunday. I say, ah, it is well. You are being saved. But we will not give up until the ministry of God's word penetrates you. We want listen we want people to understand 
and even benefit the totality of salvation. Someone told me this whole salvation thing is a scam. Then I said, you tested something else. The Bible says, test and see that the Lord is good. If you tested something and it is not good, it was not the Lord. It was the devil's foot. You perhaps tested Chikumocha Satan. Kaili, <laughs> he masquerades as an angel of light. So you thought, this is the Lord. And you, yeah. And you felt it. Thousands of years of being around, moving around. To and fro, you felt different seasons altogether. Hallelujah. We are being saved. But the other part is we are going to be saved. Remember, I said it is your spirit, soul, and body that all need salvation. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse 50, the Bible shows us when we are going to be saved. Even in Peter it says it will be revealed in the last time. The salvation. And this is salvation of the body. The Bible says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood... Okay. Are you, who's flesh and blood? Good. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. They can't. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Next verse. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. By now you understand. Paul had copied from Jesus. When Jesus was talking about sleep, usually he's talking about death. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Wow. So it simply means there are some who will die. There are some who will be alive. Whether dead or alive, we will be changed. Next verse. In a moment, and in the twinkling of an eye, at the trumpet, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Next verse. For this corruptible for this corruptible must be put must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality you can also read it at your own time in first thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16 going to 17 the bible tells us a time will come where the trumpet will sound and in a twinkling of an eye we will all be changed we will meet up with Jesus and we will have glorified bodies 
Not these ones. Glorified bodies. That's why someone who asks me, how will we look like in heaven? I don't know. I've not seen my glorified body yet. All I know it will be glorified. All I know, not just that it will be glorified, all I know is that, mm, ah, this one will be a super body. How do I know it will be a super body? When Jesus resurrected, he had a glorified body. What, 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 what did he do with a glorified body? When the disciples locked the door, he appeared in the house. Panadisa. <laughs> They locked the door. If Jesus knocked, it is I, Master. They were not going to open. But in his glorified body, he appeared where they are and disappeared. And they're like, My God. It would be amazing. Yeah. It would be amazing. And he comes and says, Touch me. This is where I was hit. This is where I was wounded. I am flesh and bone. That's what he says. He didn't talk about blood. He says I'm flesh and bone. Not not even not even the scientists understood that one. How come he's flesh and bone? What is he running with? Because we understand life is in the blood. So if he didn't have blood, anyway, he's Jesus, he's life. <laughs> his life. Lovely commentators love to say, he didn't have blood because he shed it all for you. But hey, those are nice comment, comments, not necessarily doctrinal, but nice, nice to hear. Amen and amen. Yes. So our bodies will be changed. So we are saved. We are being saved. And we will be saved. Hallelujah. That's amazing. Now, since we are awaiting the final revelation of us being saved, and since there is an ongoing Seven taking place perhaps let's amplify on what we already have on what we have received in salvation so that we can take advantage of what we already have as we are walking through the total awakenings of God now to easily help you understand salvation, I want you to understand it this way. If salvation is the total workings of God, one of one of the things we see in the Bible that help us understand the work of salvation is God's work in the life of the Israelites. You agree with me that Israel was once a slave to Egypt, right? And God desired and stretched forth his hand to deliver Israel from what? From Egypt. From bondage. 
But you observe this. Have you noticed that when God um, set Israel free from Egypt, it was not the end. Guys, you are now free. Run around, end up east, end up west. You are now free. No. That simply means your deliverance from bondage does not mean that's the end of you. It's actually your starting point. Because from the deliverance of bondage, the transition that took place was now the marching on to inheritance. Alright. Now, since we are at the place of understanding what we have access to by virtue of us being born again, if we can read Exodus chapter number 12 and verse 8, we see the Passover, what is known as the Passover, being revealed to Israel. The Passover is something that the Jews or the Israelites would celebrate. Why would they celebrate it? It's because God did tremendous works for them to ensure that they are free from the hand of from the hand of Egypt. Now, listen to this. The Bible tells us while Israel was under the grip of Egypt. Egypt was very hostile against Israel. Ah, not only was Egypt hostile, Egypt did not want to let go of Israel. And I'm using this analogy to help you understand how you were before you were saved and how you are when you are saved. In this context, before we were saved, we were under the bondage of Satan or the domain and kingdom of darkness. We were under the kingdom of darkness. And even though we were under the kingdom of darkness, trust me, Satan never wanted to let go of any of you. He was a spiritual pharaoh stubborn very stubborn very very stubborn even if God would use men from the Old Testament men and women to fight the works of Satan Satan did not let go only until the last Offering who was Jesus came. Didn't let go. Only until Jesus came and worked things out for us. Now, during the Passover, this is what was happening. Israel was taught, come Israel. Yeah. Israel was taught. What I want you to do is I'm going to release my judgment. But what I want you to do is to prepare 
so that my judgment passes over you and doesn't touch you but touches your oppressors so in preparation what i want you to do is prepare a lamp that lamp should be male that lamp should be spotless that lamp should not have any defect when you prepare a lamp that lamp will have to be killed hello that lamp will have to be killed then we see something here it says then they shall eat their flesh on that night of the lamp roasting it in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it didn't make sense for these guys because they are eating bread without yeast they are eating bitter roots then the next thing they are told is to get the blood that is of the lamb and paint it on their doorsteps everyone and after they do that the bible says the judgment of god through the angel of death began to move in the whole land when the, and, and, and when moved in the whole land where there was blood on the door the angel did not kill but where there was nothing all the firstborns died amen and amen all the firstborns died and the bible tells us when the judgment took place there was serious wailing in egypt they cried but you need to understand that this passover lamb was actually revealing our way of salvation in what context remember they needed to have a lamb that is spotless and male that needed to be cured and that's the same thing jesus came as a spotless lamb that was meant to shed blood and in the same way we see what they had to eat showing us a representation of the kind of suffering that jesus had to go through roasted in fire this reason is this reason it's not is not boiled or fried roasted in fire why the fire is meant for judgment the fire is meant for receiving and consuming sacrifices and we later see people eating bitter herbs now imagine you are in that time and they're making you eat bitter herbs then you start complaining why mutitia sai 
not knowing that should be fulfilled because the one who's coming to die for you will have a bitter experience and suffer in a like manner his flesh will be roasted like fire hallelujah and after thank you and after all this happened saints of god Pharaoh let hello Pharaoh let the Israelites go But that was not enough God then decided I'm going to get the Israelites and I'm going to take them to a land that is full of milk and honey and obviously we are going to do many other things now in the context of salvation we need to understand this we need to understand that once we get born again it is something that is glorious i mean we are celebrating that now we are no longer under the enemy we are celebrating that we are no longer under the domain and the power of sin and sickness and whatsoever but that's our starting place but not even our starting place it's our place for us to get to enjoy other benefits after pharaoh let go of israel i want to ask you a question did he still want israel aha uh-huh. Now that you are out of the domain of darkness, does Satan still want you? But we know how the story ends, eh? The enemy you shall you have seen. You will see no more. We know how it ends. So we already have reference points even if Satan is going to fight us today. That ah uh-uh. Pharaoh, what's happening? You have no power over us but remember you were defeated Now as a recipient of salvation in Acts 16 the Bible says how what shall you, what shall you do to inherit or rather to be born again or to be saved it says you shall believe in the Lord Jesus Now as a recipient of salvation it is important to understand what you have You know the challenge of Israel. John, do, do you want to know the challenge of Israel? God revealed to Israel that I am that I am to you. I am Elohim. I am revealing my name as I am that I am. If God had a single agenda, God should have revealed himself to Israel as I am the Lord your deliverer. If that was the only thing to to set Israel free from Egypt, then God should have gone to Moses and said, I am the Lord your God, the deliverer. That's all. But he went and said, tell the people that I am that I am. In short he gave them a blank check to insert whatever they needed him to be in his life in their lives. 
So the only challenge that Israel had is that when they were set free, they thought the only thing they had was freedom. That's why they were unable to draw from the other provisions of God. They thought they only had provision. I mean they only had freedom. That's why when they needed food, what did they do? They complained. What is this freedom that you are just giving us? When they needed water, they complained. Why? It seemed the only revelation they perceived of God was that He can just deliver. Yet, if they understood that God is the I am, that I am, if they needed provision, He is. If they needed water, He is. If they needed this, He is. And these are some of the challenges that we see even in even in modern day Christianity. People don't get to understand that God is the I am in their life. And they feel when they are just born again, the only revelation they have of God is ticket to heaven. That's why you will find the person is born again, but he fears Satan more than God. Born again. Dangerous. That's why others would have certain belief systems because the only revelation they had of God is ticket to heaven. Ask your neighbor, what revelation do you have of God? If we were to say, give me five, are you able to do that? Ask your neighbor, are you able to give me five? <laughs> John 8 verse 58. I want to just show you something. That revelation did not change. Because... The Lord Jesus Christ start from yeah. The Lord Jesus Christ came here on earth and he was speaking to the to, to the to the Nangan. Start from verse 57. He was speaking to the Pharisees. Hello? He was speaking to the Pharisees. And the Bible says, Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old. Have you seen Abraham? Before, before you go to the next verse. Listen. It's like they were despising Jesus. What can you bring to us? Some of them already witnessed the miracles. So they just thought, Murungu, uyu Jesus Christ, angalete chetu mahiri nje. Small, small, small. But still more. What, what can he do? Imagine they even telling him, You are not even 50 years old. Have you even seen Abraham? Now, look at what Jesus says. Look at. 
verse 58 Jesus said to them Most assuredly I said to you before Abraham was I am Ha 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 Have you seen that He's not saying before Abraham was I was there Before Abraham was I am the same revelation that God revealed to Moses that I am that I am telling you when I've come here I am what you need I am not just the one who will take you to heaven I am the bread of life I am the source of salvation I am your health I am your healer I am your encourager I am whatever you need me to be I am the totality of what you need I am So as a recipient of salvation you need to understand what you are receiving You need to understand what you are receiving. Because the one who provided is God I am. And he tells you to fill in the blank. So that if you have access to him, you are not going to worry about other things. You have everything found in him. I'm going to just quickly give you 10. Just 10, just 10 things that you receive or you walk in when you get born again. But don't forget he is the I am. The I am is not limited to 10 things. Ephesians 2 verse 1 The first thing that happened to you when you got born again is that you were made alive Somebody say I'm alive The Bible says you were made alive who were dead in trespasses and in sins Who were dead and in trespasses in sins Very interesting. The Bible is telling us that we actually were dead. True. We were very very dead. No wonder I have always imagined why in Colossians chapter 1 uh, and verse 18 the Bible says Jesus Christ was the first born from the dead. Hmm. It didn't make sense because I uh, My scripture my bible tells me that Elijah raised the dead. Then Elisha they were raising the dead. Not only that, if you study Matthew 27 and verse 52, Matthew gives a very strange account of what happened when Jesus died. Some of some people just know that the Ketans pandukat with to apart. But Matthew 27 verse 52 if you can go there it's it's very strange The Bible says and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised 
when Jesus died, this is what happened. Graves were opening. <laughs> and bodies of saints were being raised. Look at the next verse. It says, they were coming out of the graves after his resurrection. They went into the holy city and appeared to many. So Jesus raised, was, uh, came back from the dead and then there are some people also who were coming back from the dead. And they were even greeting each other. Like, ah, Jordan! We buried you yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there was some form of chaos. Huh? We buried you. Huh? Some were even resurrecting before Jesus resurrected. So how is Jesus the firstborn from the dead? Well, because the Bible tells us we were dead in sin and trespass. There is no one who resurrected from that state. Others died physically and were raised physically, not made alive unto righteousness. Jesus was the firstborn because he's the one who died in sin but came back <laughs> alive. And after he came back alive, the same way you and I were made alive because we died in our trespasses. Ah, somebody say, I'm alive. Number two, you became born of God. That's your salvation. That's, I mean, that's you getting, that's your new birth. You became born of God. It simply means you became a child of God. The Bible tells us we've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit that makes us cry out, Abba, Father. Who is the Holy Ghost? He makes us sing to God and say, Daddy. So you, you, being, you being saved simply means you are born of God. Nicodemus asked Jesus in John 3 and said, How shall a man... Uh, be good or inherits the kingdom. And, and Jesus said that only one that is born again can inherit the kingdom. And then he goes on to say that one who is born of water and the spirit this one is a child of God or is born again. So you are born of God. Now, the reason I'm giving you this point is to show you that in Ephesians 2 verse 2 we were associated with something else that seemed to be our father. There's a reason I'm saying something else. Okay, just start from verse 1 for context sake. 
you have been made alive come you have been made alive who were dead in trespasses you were dead in trespasses you were made alive then in verse 2 it says which you once walked iwe you once walked according to the course of this world listen then it says according to the prince of the power of the air it simply means those hey that are not alive or that are not saved are being managed and controlled by what the ruler that's why saints of god praying for people's salvation is important because they are bound they are bound it's not like what chitira chedala tawe swafuna eh basieni nzaba is no what keeps you not saved is that there is a prince of the power of the air controlling what is it controlling it's controlling your way of life controlling your decisions controlling your attitudes and everything else and then it goes on to say this same spirit it's calling it a spirit who works in the sons of disobedience showing you that the disobedient ones are sons so if you come to be born of god you become a son of god and then you walk in obedience but those who are not born again walk in disobedience but they just don't walk in disobedience they are sons and their father is the prince of the power of the air life being managed by satan himself glory to god that's why i thank god if you are born again it simply means the influence over your life has become different Three. You are chosen. Go to verse 11, the same chapter verse 11. You are chosen. Una sankiwa. Therefore remember that you you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called and circumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by your hands uh-huh. that at that time you were without Christ you were being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the promises having no hope and without God in the world you were strangers not selected But once you get saved first peter 2:9 says you are a chosen generation you are a holy priesthood peculiar god chosen 
and that's why Eish. it's a privilege to be saved have you ever maybe attended something where they need maybe five people to be a part to receive you know an awesome game okay or maybe to go to South Korea you know let's just imagine this is just a you know and then out of everyone they say you 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 are chosen let's go to South Korea it's so nice to be chosen so when you got born again it's like God saying I have chosen you he literally handpicked you and said Iwe, I've made you you are meant for my glory and you observe something in choosing you can't listen if I want me over who is over there I can't say Apo Apo choosing is individual I can say apo apo buera ndani apo buera ah it has to be you so it simply means at your point of salvation the lord god himself said you you are mine hey thank you lord those are real butterflies. Amen and amen. Number four, you are redeemed. God redeems you. If we can talk about redemption, it's quite broad. But in redemption, one of the most key things you can see in redemption uh, I put about just three arrows. In redemption we see restoration repair and repurchase. So when you are redeemed the Bible shows us that Jesus Christ came to repair everything that was damaged everything that was damaged he came to repair if it is your body that was experiencing a form of damage he came to repair because by his stripes you are healed if it was brokenness that you experienced he is near the broken but this time he's just not near the broken the Bible says the spirit of the Lord is upon me and anointed me to preach the good news and to heal the brokenhearted. It simply means in your package of salvation you have access to free repairs. Free repairs. My goodness. So if that moment maybe you found yourself in a tough situation and then something on your body got broken 
just tell the Lord thank you that I am at the free repair institution of the Lord you are not void or you will never lack body parts for me you will never therefore today I receive those repairs Amen when your car has a problem where do you go? you go to the mechanic and when you go to the mechanic doesn't the mechanic fix a car? yes when you have elements in your life that need repairing why don't you run to God? Why don't you run to Him? Those are the benefits of salvation. The other benefit under the three arrows is restoration. Restoration is simply whatever you lost, you have it again now. He restored our fellowship with Him. He restored our communion with Him. He restored all the benefits that we ever lost. That's that's the redemptive power. And the other thing He did is purchased us. The Bible says we were bought. Listen, the gift of salvation is free, but the work of salvation was not free. Jesus had to pay the price for you. Hi. And you know what's so beautiful? The one who had to pay the price was not an angel. Neither was it Dikonsam or any other saint of old. It was the Lord Jesus himself the very son of God who possessed the attributes of God so it simply means if you want to know the price over your life discover the price of Jesus because you have God value a God price listen when you have such understandings you will never look down on yourself anyone who comes to tell you you went to a loss they don't know what they are saying a loss me with, who has a God value nah I'm not a loss I am valuable if you can't see it take a leave hallelujah Number four, you are righteous. Oh, five. Number five, you are righteous. Righteousness is your right standing with God. By the way, what I'm explaining to you are serious doctrinal subjects which can be built into serious teachings. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse 21, the Bible tells us that we were, um, or that Jesus actually came in our place. It says, For he 
made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that what we become the righteousness of God righteousness is a nature remember what sometimes seems to be described uh, as an opposite of people who are righteous is sin or sin okay how can I describe it? I think the best way I can describe it is like trees. Okay, the Bible tells us that um, there is what is known as it says a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So the tree itself, the nature of the tree, is either you being righteous or you being a sinner. So righteousness is the nature of God that we take up. That is of Him. That is like Him. Righteousness is it's our right standing with God. It's yes. It's, me and God, we are we are like like. That's your righteousness. Your nature changed. It simply means you are not a sinner. Because being a sinner is a nature as well. If someone says, Ndweoipa, okay? If someone says, Unamtima oipa, it's simply what they are trying to say is that everything you do is bad. They are saying that's your nature. Amen and amen. But they said this guy has a good heart. They are also trying to say that's his nature. He can do anything. So when we became righteous, we received the nature of God to be just like Him. And so, when you identify yourself, you say, I have the nature of God. When you identify yourself, you say, I am righteous. When you identify yourself, you say, I'm no longer a sinner. I'm no longer a slave. You know, it's like uh, sometimes when people put on the sinner tag, I know it's, it's, a, it's a form of, it's false humility actually. It's like, have you noticed there are those guys uh, in class? Why, what have you gotten? Ah, that's nice. You, you know, you, you've gotten your results. You've gotten maybe uh, uh, 54. Okay, just above sea level. So you want to find out eh, how many people you've passed. And then you ask them, Kasami Chan. Ah, not maning. I'm not even so happy with what I got. Meanwhile, me, I'll now start feeling nice and just go fifty two. News fifty two. And then I review my paper in an idea fifty four. Then you get his paper, he's gotten 
goodness those are the ones who like saying no we are we are sinners saved by grace or glory to god yeah? jesus is glorified you you can you can express false humility by some of these things you are even saying oh glory to god how is you being a sinner glory to god you are insulting the work of salvation somebody say i am righteous i am not a sinner don't even call yourself ex sinner just say i am righteous uh, <laughs> at ex sinner <laughs> I'm not an ex-sinner. No, the Bible says they that are in Christ are a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What ex? What ex? If I wronged you and I was not born again, it was not me. It was not me. If I offended, sorry. Huh? The one who offended you don't even worry about him he's gone he's buried this new one righteousness of god with a sp- ah. <laughs> yes that's how you need to begin to be a recipient of salvation amen and amen yeah maybe if you were if you got born again and wronged someone's heart just say no that one was not wise he was being saved <laughs> but now elevosa <laughs> i am the righteousness of god i don't break hearts mtu anamtea anazina to help heart break kid that's breaking hearts my goodness next you are sanctified and holy sanctification robas kidias hebrews 10 verse 10 you are great you do miracles so great there is no one else like you like you the bible says but we will have but but that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the blood of Jesus Christ once and for all there is no another offering it's done it's done our our sanctification listen Somebody who's sanctified is someone who has been declared holy. Is somebody who has been declared set apart. Amen and amen. Somebody say I am holy. Yes. You are set apart. That's the reason we call you saints, meaning the sanctified ones, the holy ones. 
were you sanctified not by your works but by <laughs> the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ the blood of Jesus Christ sanctified you oh glory it means you are holy not trying to be it means you have a nature listen when you understand you have a nature you will stop trying to do certain things if i am an orange tree i shouldn't panic whether i'll produce a banana because an orange tree will not produce a banana the leaf is now about to produce I hope see banana. I hope see banana. I hope see. Come on, you an orange tree. Huh? Because you start because you like thinking I hope see banana. I hope see banana. System is acha havina ngomanje. System no break. Eh, banana. Let's try to produce a banana. Huh? Eh? So is it a banana juice, orange banana? Huh? If you start with the consciousness that I am holy then you will know it's not kabena nizan okay no 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 I'm living holy because I am holy I am holy I am holy it's my nature I'm wired for this we're not struggling with this it has to start from that Amen and amen. It has to start from that. I am sanctified. I am righteous. It's start with the consciousness, not with the work. It's your nature already. Amen and amen. As long as you have you don't have the nature, then you know it is impossible. There are certain things which will be impossible. That's why whatever God will demand from you, it's because he's placed the nature in you. When he says be holy, it's because he's placed holiness in you. When he says live righteous, it's because he's placed that nature. That's what he's expecting. Unless if he comes to deconsum and says, I want you to give birth. I'm like, ah, how? You don't have the nature. You say it is impossible, sir. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The next one, you are justified. I don't know what number that is. Seven. Hmm. You are justified. Romans 5 verse 1. I love justification. You are in a court case. And then uh uh-huh, someone comes to Samuel. Come to Gonzam. Remember the Bible tells us that Satan is an accuser of brethren and in different occasions in the Bible Satan would find himself in meetings with the sons of God and accuse people. And you'd be like, "Hey, hey. Oh God of heaven and earth, you are the just God. That's how Satan is. Samuel Pearliriap. He is broken five hearts. Doxa, Exosia, 
Iskus And the other one uh, <laughs> And he is continuing doing that This is a wrong And you as a just God You must punish <laughs> Amen Is it true What he has been accused of Yes Does he deserve punishment Yes So what does God do Agreed We will punish But his punishment will fall on my son So if it falls on his son Listen the Bible says Therefore having been justified by faith We have peace with God What does that mean It simply means If the punishment is falling on his son You if we have peace together Then the court session is over It's over 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 Listen The court session is over in two ways Listen, adjourning is not necessarily saying it's over It means it will be continued But the court session really is over If, number one Judgment is being passed You being condemned Or number two You being acquitted Your justification Resulting in peace Is God declaring you Are not guilty guilty, not guilty so now Satan will come Samuel did this, did that Samuel how I'm seeing now the garment of righteousness I'm, I said are you talking about the one who is holy are you talking about the one who is sanctified, are you talking about the one who is righteous yes Samuel amene Court case over. Samuel declared not guilty. Justification. That's why the Bible now confidently tells you there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Kulibe. Will Satan come and accuse you? No, there is no condemnation. I am justified. Somebody say, I am justified. Number eight, you are qualified. Ah, qualified. Yeah. So that you stop saying God doesn't call the qualified. The qualified is the court. This is confusing yourself. I am qualified. Colossians 1 verse 12. To the Father who has qualified us. Who will? Who will? Who will? Who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light? Since we are qualified to do what? To receive an inheritance. What is Jesus trying to show us? Or what is the scripture trying to show us? He's telling you, Iwe, but we Uripo. Uripo. Said Uripo. Qualified. That means you're qualified. Your name is there. Now, do you know what made you qualified? 
Because the only way for a will to take effect is if the one who wrote the will dies. Ah. Ah. And we know it. The Lord Jesus died on that cross and said it is finished. They are qualified. But he says I need to rise up so that I see how they are enjoying that will. Hey, my goodness. Qualified. That's why in Ephesians chapter number 1 verse 16 to 17 the Bible tells us that we should be able to understand the riches, the riches of the inheritance of the saints in light. He me I'm just not going to say I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior and it ends there go in a inheritance huko spiritual CTF <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I should enjoy it means salvation should be enjoyed it should be enjoyed you know why you're not enjoying because you only had the revelation of a ticket And they are hoping for your ticket, not if. But there is more than a ticket. There is inheritance this side. It says the riches. It says may your eyes of understanding be enlightened in the year of light. May you have fortizo. That you may know the hope of his calling. And what are the riches, listen, of the glory of his inheritance. First of all, the inheritance is not just inheritance. There is richness in it. Hallelujah. Then verse 13 of, 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 of Colossians 1 shows us our next point. Which is, is it 9? You are delivered. Ay, shandelebe. Colossians 1 verse 13. I want you to see this. He will deliver us. Guys, you need to read your Bible carefully. It says he has delivered us from the power, from the domain, the dominion of darkness. And I tell people this. He just doesn't deliver. It says, and he has conveyed us into the kingdom of his son of love. Your deliverance, listen, deliverance is a vehicle. It has to go somewhere. You don't just come out of bondage. You have to go towards something. That's why it's not, the deliverance of Israel is not complete if they just come out of Egypt. They need to reach the promised land. Because in the promised land is where their inheritance is milk and honey yes so now here the bible is saying you have been delivered from the domain I want you to understand what delivered means it means if your father your mother your grandfather were in satanism occultism buddhism sinkism sintuism bututism whateverism what if they were in it by default you were a partaker but when you say the dear lord jesus hey you're not there you know what that means? It means Shintoism, Satanism, whatever ism has got no right over you. 
no right because you were not just delivered you were conveyed in the kingdom of his dear son this means satan touching your life is illegal to the believer it's illegal to the non believer it is legal he can do whatever he wants with his children and his sons it is very legal you who is a born again believer hi it is illegal for satan to touch you that's why god said ngakugwila it doesn't even say uninenele nakupasa mpamvo to trade upon snakes and scorpions ngakakugwila mutyake tyake munyante nyante muchaye chaye mupishe pishe and say in the name of jesus come out you have no right no right ha unigwile ine me delivered That's why the Bible calls you more than an overcomer Number 10 You are blessed Say I'm blessed It's okay now to add it to your greeting All of them if you want you can be adding them How are you? Ah, I'm qualified. How are you? Ah, I'm delivered. Uya chinjapo chape. How are you doing? I am a sanctified saint. How are you doing? Ah, I'm righteous. Eh? Well, afuno kamba by the time he wants to say, "Oh, I hear you." Say, "I'm not yet done. I'm chosen. I'm anointed. I am elevated. I'm justified." No we get it. No you need to get everything. <laughs> Because you asked me, wanifunza weka. I am lifted. I am glorified. I am blessed. Yes. Akufunza weka. Siriza. Mpaka. Mpaka manja zambo namba chat greetings. Not how are you? Greetings beloved. <laughs> Did you ask me? You're not asking me how I am. <laughs> yes. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says ah. Hmm. You need to understand something about uh, how God does things. Ephesians 1 verse 3 I want to show you a very powerful thing since we are number 10 The Bible says blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who we all bless yeah. who has blessed us with some it says with every but then it doesn't say blessings it says blessing because all blessings are found in the blessing for the blessing not blessings for the blessing of the lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow 
But you understand that it doesn't end there. The blessing of the Lord does not just make rich and add nozzle. The blessing of the Lord causes me to smile. It It says you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. That's why Paul in one portion of scripture says, All things are mine. (laughs) Why? Remember in the parable of the lost son, there is another son we didn't touch. Because that son was already in the domain of the father, but he was struggling with inheritance. He complained and said, Father, you have killed the best for your last born son who was worthless. Me, you've not even given me a single goat. And the father said, Iwe, Sani, come on. Do you not know that I am with you and all that I have is yours? My TV is your TV. All that I have is yours. You are blessed already. If you wanted a goat, kill it. If you wanted the fatted cow, you should have killed it. But since it was available, we've given it to uh, someone who needs it. Yes. What is available to you that you are leaving others to take hold of? Eh, Nakana. Others are busy getting in their busy karipuri morning. Boston. What are you trying to stand for? President of soft life? I said I don't need that. I'm blessed. Don't don't feel bad for what you have access to. What you see on others. Look at the way he's shining. He's, he's, he's doing his ring. Every time he gets a mic he's talking about five points. What's the point? Uh, 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 it's okay. Why? You have access to the same grace. You can also pull your blessing. Amen and amen. In Galatians chapter number 3 and verse 13, the Bible shows us this quality of the blessing. Quickly as we conclude. It says Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a case for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. Verse 14. To the end that through their receiving Christ Jesus, the blessing promised to Abraham might come upon the Gentiles so that through faith we might all receive the promise of the Spirit. It simply means, do you remember God taught Abraham that through you I will bless the whole world? In Genesis, he says, through me, I said, yes. I said Genesis, I'm sorry. 
of Abraham who is Jesus Christ made it possible for us to be blessed and now we have the blessing of Abraham your homework is go and study the blessing of Abraham go and see how Abraham was blessed until you see your life align remind yourself <laughs> that <laughs> I'm, I'm still progressing just because you see a, a, if just because you have a kamak a, a, then you start saying ah mulungu nafikapo relax nikaripofikapo listen abraham had servants more than this attendance wake servants magaten boy more than so until you yourself should be able to have an attendance of workers like this uh-huh. then you know I'm flowing in the Abrahamic blessing the Bible says he was greatly blessed let's rise to our feet